My name is Tommy, and welcome to the Paranormal Minds Podcast. As always, I am joined today by my two best friends, Joshua. Hello. And Shane. Hello. <laughs> you can't be like me. <laughs> I think that was it's, pretty close. That was pretty, that was, was pretty good. This is pretty good. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right. Today's haunting is going to be kind of wild. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be, I say all that, but you're probably going to be like, nah, it sounds like every other haunting. Final thoughts. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Already. (laughs) Thanks for coming, guys, or listening. And catch us again next week. Um, (laughs) um, So, yeah, tonight we're going to talk about the San Pedro haunting or the Jackie Hernandez haunting or case. My bad. Um, so let's get into it. It all started in 1988 when Jackie Hernandez settled into her new home in San Pedro, California. She had just ended her marriage from her husband for domestic drama. She was pregnant with her second child when they relocated to the turn of the century bungalow in San San Pedro. She felt she could breathe a sigh of relief, but that feeling wouldn't last long for her world was about to turn into a hellish nightmare. It all started with the family cat. It would run up and down the house chasing after shadows, but like anybody, she would just brush off, uh, brush it off as a cat, just being a cat. Next would come voices muttered in the attic. Then one day she saw a pencil getting thrown from a pencil holder. She chalked it all up to hallucinations, probably because of her pregnancy, but she, uh, but she soon would find out that this was more than just a hallucination. After her daughter Samantha was born in April 1989, the events continued, and a few weeks after the birth, Hernandez got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. On the way, she uh, saw a gnarled old man glaring at her. Then he vanished. Then again, one night, while checking on her son, Jamie, upon entering his room, she saw a full-bodied apparition of a decrepit old man looming over the child. After giving her a malicious glare, the ghost vanished into thin air. She would also be plagued by vivid nightmares, one of which she found herself in the body of a man in the 1930s as he was being murdered the younger man being clubbed with a lead pipe and drowned by his assailants in San Pedro Harbor. In this dream, she became the dead man, experiencing his horror of being held underwater, his consciousness fading as he fought for his life. Jackie found a confidant in her neighbor, Susan. During one of Susan's visits to the Hernandez house, a loud crash was heard from the kitchen. A painting had been torn off the walls and laid next to the kitchen sink. The nails that once held the painting there now on the ground with the point sticking up as if meant for someone to step on them. Jackie began to document the paranormal events in her house. From foul-smelling liquid materializing in the kitchen to strange balls of light with no known source. One night, while tracing the source of the smell of uh, the foul-smelling blood-like liquid, Jackie was led to the attic. There, upon opening the hatch for the attic, she was met with the sight of the disembodied head of the frightening man she had seen in her son's room. Now, after watching a show about a paranormal group investigating, <clears throat> or paranormal investigators who were investigating the Queen Mary, Susan tracked down the information of the team and gave it to Jackie in hopes that she might find help. Enter Barry Taft. 
Now, a little backstory to Barry Taft. Barry Taft, who holds a doctorate in psycho uh, psychology with a minor in biomedical in, uh, engineering, is a world-renowned psychologist who works uh, who worked out of UCLA's former uh, parapsychology laboratory from 1969 through 1978 as a research associate. During his 35-plus year career, Taft has investigated more than 4,000 cases of ghosts, hauntings, poltergeists, and conducted extensive studies in telepathy and precognition which led to the development of the internal protocols and methodologies for what was later termed remote viewing. He was also himself investigated as a psychic subject in 1969, the results of which were published in Behavioral Neuropsychiatry, a laboratory investigation of telepathy, the study of psychics. So a little backstory to him. <laughs> Are y'all making fun of how I say telepathy? It's telepathy. Whatever. <laughs> hey, I wasn't going to vocalize it. That's why I was using the chat. <laughs> we just let you talk however you want to. It's now funny. I want to go back and redo that whole part. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> just add hey, your voice yeah, saying you're you're not the only one that says that. Okay. <laughs> Well, now I'm embarrassed. Anyways, <laughs> I'm not stupid, guys, for real. Um, anyways, so after talking to Jackie, Taft decided to investigate the house. Uh, he showed up with a camera crew, and they got started. Uh, they got started to work. During the initial walkthrough of the San Pedro house, Jeff Wheatcraft volunteered to venture into the attic to snap some pictures. Now, Jeff was known as a hard skeptic. That being said, after capturing a few shots, including some of the lights Jackie had seen, the camera was snatched off his neck by an unseen force, causing the panic cameraman to flee the attic. Gathering his courage as well as a flashlight, Jeff, along with a fellow cameraman, Barry Conrad, would venture back up and find that the lenses, uh, not the lenses, the lens, and the camera's body had been cleanly separated, and the two were in, in two uh, uh, now in two entirely different corners of the room. So I can't even talk after the stuff I read or wrote. So nice. the team would continue to hold investigations at the house, and on one trip, uh, they saw the bloody liquid start to seep from the walls. They took a sample and sent it in for lab testing. When they got the results back, they were shocked. The test concluded that the liquid was blood plasma from that of an adult male. So then things really got crazy. So one night after coming home from Jackie's house, Taft had a voicemail on his answering machine. It was from Jackie. Not long after leaving uh, the activity in the house ramped up so bad dishes were being thrown. Her children's stuffed animals were levitating in front of her. You know, she was saying they were levitating in front of her, being ripped apart. During mid-cry for help, the line went dead. So Taft and the team raced back over to Jackie's. There they found the house to be calm. Jackie told them that along with the activity, she heard heavy breathing in the attic. This led Jeff, Je uh, Jeff, Jeff, who wasn't a fan of the attic and along with another photographer named Gary to enter the attic. As they were wrapping up and about to head back down, Jeff was pulled right back into the attic by an unseen force. Gary went up to find Jeff with only the repeated flash of his camera for illumination. When he found Jeff, it was a horrifying state as he was hanging by the neck via a wire that was wrapped around a nail high on the wall. Jeff himself seemed to be in a daze state, leaving Barry to rush to his rescue and snap him back to reality. Or Gary, um, I meant to change that, it's Gary. This was the final proof 
that the house in San Pedro, California was not safe. And Jackie took her kids and fled not just the home, but the city, eventually moving to a trailer several miles outside of town. Now, this is where things get crazy. Barry Taft would continue his investigation in the home. At one point, he claimed to have made contact with a malicious entity via a Ouija board. The board explained her hauntings, Hernandez believed. Those answers are contained in part of a transcript that she made of the session. And here's how it goes. All right. Question. How long have you been trapped in the spirit world? Answer. 60 years. Did you die in the San Pedro house? No. Where did you die? San Pedro Bay. Did you drown? No, I was held underwater. Did you live in the San Pedro house? My murderer lived there. Hernandez says the ghost also revealed that he had been born in 1912 and died in 1930. With the information, she and some friends later discovered old newspaper reports of a death of a seaman named Herman Hendrickson whose body was found floating under a pier on March 5th, 1930. Hendrickson was 10 years older than the age indicated by Hernandez's transcript. He had a jagged wound on the top of his head and a coroner ruled that he had drowned. Authorities determined that the seaman, the seaman had not been murdered, but had sustained the wound when he fell off the dock. Hernandez stayed in the Wellington trailer until the summer of 1990 when she moved back to Los Angeles. And naturally, the ghost followed her, creating havoc, but began tapering off at uh, the friend's home where Hernandez stayed. Now, Hernandez says that a spirit named John Damon made a graceful exit. While visiting in San Pedro in the spring of 1990, she saw a ball of light bright enough to be visible in the daylight outside the house where she was staying. She followed the light to a nearby graveyard where it hovered over a stone marking. The grave was that of John Damon. And she said, this ball of light went around and around the grave and just disappeared. She figures that Damon was saying goodbye. And it is also believed that the reason the spirit attacked Jeff in the attic is because he looked like the murderer. That is the story of the San Pedro haunting. Telepathy. <laughs> what are y'all's thoughts on that? It's a ghost. Sounds like a haunting. Knock my mustache crooked. I felt, felt left out, so I had to add a mustache. <laughs> nice. That's a nice mm. fucking mustache. You almost can't see mine because of mine, but you get it. <laughs> so there was a a lot in that story. Yeah. Like that was chapters of digesting like floating heads and dudes hanging on wires and Yeah. And there there's actually a picture of um Jeff Wheatcraft hanging. Because he was using the camera to try to find them, and he snapped the picture of him hanging. So, let's see if I can't pull it up. I have to say, that's very horror movie-esque. Like, I'm pretty sure I've seen that in horror movies, where it's like, <laughs> and it's like, like, cranking it back up real quick. To... <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of people have said it, it does seem very reminiscent of um, horror movies. So, but do y'all think it was something that was faked? See there, that's him. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, like an actual picture of him hanging. Yeah. Yeah. Are his feet on the ground? No, that's high up in the air, supposedly. Yeah, he but was you can supposedly see that, hanging out of the attic. Yeah. So, and you can see the wire around his neck, and there, there was. Uh, I don't know if there's actually pictures he, of he it. He lived through that, though. It wasn't like he was yeah. shot to death. Um, because he was he was freaked out because the wire got wrapped around his neck. It wasn't like he put it around his neck. Supposedly yeah. he was the only one that went in the attic. So, <clears throat> all right. And the investigator was Barry Taff, like T A F F. T A F T Taft. 
That's weird because there is also a Barry Taff mm. who is a parapsychologist who did a lot of investigations. I might have got the spelling wrong. That's why I was confused. I thought you said Taft, but Taff is the one I... Well, yeah, it is T-A-F-F. I okay. accidentally put the T in because I'm thinking of Taft. So, but yeah, and if you look also, uh, like Barry, uh, the other Barry, uh, Conrad, he's actually a production guy in LA to this day. He helps shoot, shot several movies and stuff like that. So, well, to start with, you know, speculation on fake or not, the, this Taff, Dr. Barry Taff, seems mm -hmm. pretty legit. The only questionable piece on him is that it looks like there was some collaboration with him and Zach Baggins. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I purposely left that little part out. <laughs> right. but because he, the moment he, you say that, it's like, ah. Yeah, and it sucks that it's like that. But, I mean, with him having 4,000 cases of investigations and... Uh, just slight collaborations uh, on that front, but he's been interviewed on a lot of legit shows as well. Man. So like hard copy and uh, unsolved mysteries, all, all of that stuff. So I think that outweighs his whatever he did with Mr. Baggins. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. so based on that, I don't think he would have faked anything. I mean, he's been doing this since the 70s or 60s, actually. Yeah. So I don't I don't think he would make up his stories. I wouldn't think I, so, strictly because there's a possibility that he could use, he could lose his doctor and whatever it was, his parapsychology doctorate or whatever it was he had. Mm -hmm. um, this is physiopsychology, but I don't know what that is. I don't either. Um, psychophysiology is what that says. Um, yeah, but you you run the risk of losing that doctorate if you're made right. fun of. Like if you become a a kook, you know. Yeah. Or people right. think you're one. It is the study of the way in which the mind and the body interact, hmm. which is hmm. yeah. It, you see, he has a minor in biomedical engineering too. Yeah, yeah, that's a interesting combo there. All right. Yeah. I wonder so, what he was going for. All right. It's like if I can find the human essence, I can bring it back. <laughs> it might be Doctor uh, Frankenstein up in here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my first thought was the uh, Casper's dad who built oh. the Lazarus machine. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta uh, turn turn a few ghosts into eggs to right. <laughs> before you get things right, you know. <laughs> okay, well, I think we know he's legit then. So <laughs> on to the the other. So Hernandez was the woman's name, right? Jackie Hernandez. Yeah, Jackie Hernandez. Do we? Anything else happened to her once she left? Uh, just after a while, it just seemed like, you know, like I said, to begin to taper off, they begin to dwindle down. And she had that one episode where supposedly that uh, ghost John Damon, uh, the spirit led her to his gravesite and, in her words, said goodbye. Um, but eventually everything just kind of stopped. Okay, so. but nothing like I remember you saying the the Conrad thing, but nothing to the level she experienced before. Yeah, nothing to the level she experienced before. Okay, yeah. so working backwards on that, if she did this for some sort of fame or recognition, you think she would keep it going? Because uh, we hear that a lot. People are like, "Nope, whatever was in that last house followed me to my new house," and mm. we need to call out. Ed and Lorraine Warren and Zach Baggins and let's uh <laughs> He gets possessed like thirty times and 
Zach Baggins. Ed Lorraine read a book called The Conjuring 85, you know. Uh. <laughs> and people still pay to see that shit. Ah, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's good for amazing. entertainment, you know. I don't ever take anything as, like, based off true story. You know, when it says based off a true story, I never take it as hard-blown facts either way, so. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that is very open for interpretation and exaggeration. Yeah. I mean, even the, the Weird Al documentary that they did, well, anyway, they say it's based on real events, but if you've watched it, you there's no way in hell. That was oh, Weird yeah. Al's life. <laughs> yeah. But that kind of makes sense for if you're going to do a biopic about Weird Al, it's got to be weird. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say Daniel Radcliffe was the per- perfect choice to play Weird Al. <laughs> so, did they say what kind of haunting this was? Um, I think they chalked it up to, I didn't see anything about demonic haunting. As far as like what the investigator said, they never really just came out and said what it was. Um, and like a lot of, I don't want to say legit investigators, but like people who aren't in it for entertainment, I guess I would say, I'm trying to be very precise, don't really fall in the lines of straight up saying it's demonic mm-hmm. all the time, you know? So investigators and, like us. You would yeah, say. yeah. Like we probably wouldn't walk in that house and say, "Yeah, this is a demonic haunting." You know, if if it's a spirit, like if Jeff was attempted murder on his life, the attempt on his life was because he looked like the murderer or resembled the murderer. Would that be like a demonic spirit or just a vengeful spirit? You know. And I think that's probably what it is. You got a spirit who died, who was murdered, and all that, but, and it's revengeful. And I haven't even really answered your question. No, they haven't really. <laughs> the investigators haven't said, but doing the research, you see, like, going through, like, the LA Times and uh, a few other websites where they kind of hint at it being demonic in a way. So, yeah, but no, that. You you did answer my question. Mm. It's a vengeful spirit. Yeah, but I'm saying they didn't say what it was. That, that right, was just, but it, it, yes. if you're if the guy looked like the man's killer, mm. and it could be just a, a, a it, I guess it could be a ghost that doesn't know what he's really doing. It just it's just being a ghost. Like it's like this is all I know. Like we talked about when you die, that's kind of how you kind of live the rest of your life with that emotion or whatever. Yeah, closing the cabinets. Yeah. Right. Um or it could be an actual intelligent haunting and that ghost did know that that guy, he might have mistaken that guy for his killer. Yeah. Cuz in the moment, in the heat of the moment in a murder, I really am not sure unless you're just like staring in the face of your murderer, you're really going to know what they look like. Mm. And it does bring to question how much cognitive thought is transferred over to the other side, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like you might remember your name, the name of people that you were real close to, but what if his murder was not like somebody real close to him? Now it's probably somebody he knew, but maybe within passing, maybe he slept with dude's wife or, you know, whatever. And he got killed for it, and he didn't really know the guy's name, or maybe he did know the name but lost it once he moved over. Right. So, I'm trying to find the location of the house. Do you happen to know beyond San Pedro? No, I could not find a street address. That's really odd. Just knowing these days, like how people latch on to those types of houses and you know, let investigators come or do even just, Hey, stay the night here. Give us $500. Uh, but no record of an address at all. I I couldn't find like the LA times didn't have the address and you know, all the other websites, I could not find an actual address. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's weird because a lot of times I'll be like, a house on the 8600 block of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. even, I mean, even if I do a search for the address, I really wonder mm. if that's the actual address. 53311 West 11th Street in Los Angeles. Yeah, see, this is, and it's it's from Road Trippers. And that's one reason I didn't put it in because it wasn't, because they could have just put that up there being like, oh, yeah, this is it. And it's not it. So that's what I mean by like when I'm looking, I'm looking for something that's not really legit. And then all my other ones, they like my other researches, like LA Times, um, houseofgeekery.com, which had some stuff I took from, you know. There's not a whole lot of like actual. Uh, well, the, the street view of the house is yellow. Mm, okay. Are you looking at like a two story house? Because that's what's showing on mine is a two story house. Yeah, the two the two story house is uh, across the street. So the house that stopped me in front of is five ninety one. Um, that doesn't look even remotely close. This kind of looks like yeah, this five ninety five. Where is five ninety three? Is there no five ninety three? Is that what's is that what's happening here? That's what that looks like, yeah. So what, is it five ninety five? Is that well? There, no. there. It just is no five ninety three because it would be on that same. Yeah, it would be side in these of two, the street. Uh -huh. Yep, it would be in between the two houses here, the five ninety one and the five ninety five, and there ain't no house fitting in between there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. So I'd say that was some. Some bullshit. I was made up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I said, you know, like if if it didn't seem like it was part of like like I said, New York or the LA Times and like other uh, paranormal sites never put the address, which they did for, of course, um, Amityville Horror and or the Amityville House and I believe the Smurls. They put an address. Yeah, almost everything we've ever talked about has, you can find it, or at least where it used to be, and be like a vacant lot or something, but... You don't think they tore it down and built this house, do you? Mm, I don't know. I mean, it's not big enough to take up two spots. It's a little tiny house, a bungalow. No, there's just no 595, or 593. Which is weird, because it shows up, and it's saying, like, that's it right there. Um, trying to find the house. <laughs> right, I wanted to see what it looked like. Um, well, that that adds some some weirdness to it. Uh, so we we know Taff is legit, right? And wouldn't make yeah. this up. And we've seen a picture of inside the house. Why wouldn't there be an address? And why is the only address we find a non-existent one? Right. So, so that does add some weirdness to this. So either there's some freaky ass shit going on and the house swallowed up like in was that the exorcist that happened one of those old movies yeah. the house like swallowed up and disappeared but why and you think if that was the case if people are still talking about this they'd definitely be talking about a house that disappeared unless they men in black you know some people rolled up and was like no and they just you know warped your memory there was a babysitter. Um, she um, she saw the same gnarled man uh, mm. in the hallway. Um, and then she kind of just vamped like, peace. Uh, so that's, that was the question I was trying to remember what I was going to ask. Mm. The guy that was murdered, the guy that she became, what is this? She became the murderer, right? Yeah, like uh, in her dream, it was she was essentially reliving his murder. Yeah, so that murder. Did you ever find out if it was something that she saw before it happened, or the guy had been long since dead? the The guy had been long since dead. Um, 
because he died in 1930. So, and of course, this took place in um, 1989. Now, when she had the dream, they had not performed the Ouija board um, experiment yet. Okay. So, she had the dream where, you know, she was reliving his murder. And then it wasn't until after she moved out that they did the Ouija board. And that's when she got the answers of okay. who he was and, um, you know, when he died and all that. So, yeah. But they caught that murderer. No, no, no. Uh, because... That's why I'm saying it's believed that he looked like the murderer because I, in oh, in the Ouija okay. board session they did ask why the spirit uh, allegedly said I don't lost my train of thought. Um, it was believed that he was the murderer. Yeah, he 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 said he uh, looked like him. So, oh, okay. So the Ouija board said that he looked like the murderer. Yes, of course. Once they did the Ouija board, that's when they dived into um, the name and all that, and they found out that he was a seaman who, as the coroner report said, drowned. Yeah. Um, and the police report said it did have a jagged gash on his head, but they believe he was probably drunk or something, fell off the dock, and when he fell, hit his head and drowned. So now, being the 1930s, they probably just chalked it up to that. Like, uh, yeah, and he might have been drinking too. And some people probably said, "Oh, we saw him stumbling from the bar." Did she gain anything from doing this? No, not that I could find. You know, she kind of—I mean, yeah, there was a bunch of um, like unsolved mysteries, paranormal witness, you know, uh, things like that. But as far as I know, she didn't gain anything. No book deal. She never released a book on it. In fact, Taff, I believe, was the one who kind of released a book on it. There was a movie made about it. But I don't think she gained anything. All right. Especially the movie was just in recent years, wasn't it? It, it was, uh, I think it's called The Entity, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I say recent years. There was a documentary in 1997, and that had directed, directed and starring Barry Conrad, which is one of the names that you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Which one was he again? He was um, another photographer. So he kind of he was the one who helped. Um, no, not not that. Um, he was the one who went up with Jeff the first time when the camera got yanked out of his hand. Hmm. Oh man, there's so much to this. This is hard to catch <laughs> straight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> By the way, that I was wrong about the uh, the entity. It's uh the Bither case, um, and that one included spectral, um. I don't spectral rape is well. So, uh, yeah, that's a different one, but yeah, so <clears throat> there, there's a lot to it. So let's, let's break down her, what happened to her exactly. All right. So what, what was the initial start of it? Okay. Well, like I said, she left her husband, um, and move to the house. Um, now, and, and this is a, an important factor too on the fact that a lot of where I said it was explained as domestic drama. Um, I don't want to assume it was domestic violence is the reason she left, but, um, the way that I guess they were kind of like going around it. Um, so but she wasn't being haunted before that. No, she was not being haunted before that. And then she moved into the house. And then that's when, like, the cat was chasing shadows. Um, and then she saw the pencil fly out of the pencil holder. Um, 
and she heard the voices. And of course, she chalked it up to being pregnant. And then those type of instances kept continued until after her daughter was born. Now, after her daughter was born, that's when she got up that night to go use the restroom and saw the apparition in the hallway of the man. And then she, um, at that same time, is when she had that nightmare of being drowned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Oh, in her know, nightmare, she was the victim. She wasn't the murderer. Yeah, she was the victim. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think we we got that backwards when we were talking about it a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah, she was the uh she was the victim. Mm-hmm. So um then she wound up going to check in on her son and that's when she saw the man you know kind of like sitting on her son's bed and then looking at her. Um so she had a kid before. Mhm. So yeah. why would she chalk it up to being pregnant? What an Maybe. odd pregnancy feature, like not feature, but like <laughs> symptom, I guess, or side effect. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know. And like you feel, I feel like if that was the case, and she would have done that with the first child. Yeah, I I guess you know, um, I don't know. I, I guess trying to rationalize it, you know. Well, yeah, may okay. That you know, sense. like I, like I guess any, any, you know, any I would say n- normal person. We're not normal, so everything that happens is a ghost. Uh. <laughs> so I will say that um, a study back in the day concluded that eighty-one percent of pregnant women experienced at least one delusional-like experience, and seventy-six percent of pregnant women without a history of psychosis had hallucination-like experiences. So oh, wow. apparently it is a thing. She WebMD herself before WebMD was a thing. <laughs> she library indeed herself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which could be the thing. She could have been in there like you know, like legitimately in the library, like what is causing this? Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, that's not unheard of. Right. Especially when did, when did you say this was? Nineteen eighty. Oh, yeah. It really kicked off 1989, but mm-hmm. she moved into the house and it, she started getting the um, like hints of it in 1988. So, so what about when she moved out to the trailer? Did she? You said she moved to a trailer. Yeah, there were really like one instance where she was moving a TV with a neighbor. And as they were moving the TV, and to remind our listeners, uh, our younger listeners, TVs used to be really huge. And heavy. <laughs> and um, she said the TV, of course, not being plugged up, they're moving it um, and out, of the ha- out of the trailer into like a shed. It flicked on, and she saw the entity of the man. Um, and it just flicked off and it now, just scared the crap saw, out of her. She saw the man she saw in her dreams or the the the, the apparition the hallway. The guy in the hallway. So and then that was the last that she ever like saw him that I could find. Right. And that was in her new trailer mm-hmm. away from the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, TVs, especially of that age, uh, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Shane, I just wanted to say this real quick. They held a lot of power in them, even after they were unplugged. So they're mm-hmm. not unheard of that they would, fl- you could possibly see them flicker on. Now, to see the image, I don't know, but. I'm, uh, yeah, I agree. The TV could have flickered on. I will, even if the rest of this is real, I'll say that was in her head. Because what we know about a spirit that if he was murdered and went to the murderer's house and tried to kill someone who looked like his murderer, there ain't no fucking way he's going to follow some random woman. Mm. Like, he had his vendetta. He had his unfinished business, if you will. And the location that made sense. I don't see him following her anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a form of PTSD. You know, maybe... Maybe it flashed on for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, or maybe she thought it did. Yeah. If her friend you know, was a male helping her move it, it could have been his sheer reflection 
on the TV. Yeah. And it's kind of distorted because of maybe the TV, you know, yeah. whatever. So that is odd. It is, is I'm just going to say it's, it's centered around that house. Mm. There's no other. Yeah. I'm with Shane on that one. I don't, I don't, I think that might've been just. Uh, now, what do you think if like, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, did they have vacuum tubes still around that time? I mean, I guess it depends on how old that actual TV was and ever gave an age like she had it from like the 70s or whatever. But what if part of that spirit's entity or energy wound up in the TV itself and that last flicker was all that TV had of that energy? I don't know. That that seems, un I don't know. It could be, but it kind of seems unlikely to me. Mm. He was so hell bent on being in that house that, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, it's like res or, uh, residual in a way, you know, like maybe in order for them to interact with things, they leave a little bit behind, you know? Okay. Yeah. You know, so it's not really him, but it's just like the essence of him. Yeah. I know it takes a, it, it takes a significant amount of energy for anything to manifest, mm. and it, it, at least in our or my experience, anyways, mm. that kind of freaked me out a little bit. My cat just like her hairs trickled tickled the side of my leg as she walked by. <laughs> I was like, "That's not real." <laughs> yeah. Well, Hernandez and her buddies are losing validity for me. That's uh, that's hard for me because of Barry Taff, and I like this dude's history. But this was all in 1989, weird and sporadic uh, stuff, like it, all kinds of different hauntings, right? I mean, all the way from violent to pencils flying out of a holder to we're going to give you dreams, right? Weird. Mm. Well, then she was still talking about it in 1993, was still interviewing with newspapers. Uh, her photography friend made that documentary and released in 1997, and she also starred in it. Uh, maybe no, okay. it was, maybe it was, let's get the truth out there, but for her to still be talking about it, it's traumatic experience for years after. Now we're at nine years after, and they released that. Uh, I don't know. I just how would they get Barry Taft to play along though? Yeah. And I looked at more pictures of that dude hanging from the ceiling. It looks goofy as hell. I mean Yeah. If you get a full zoomed out picture, it does look like he's on his feet. I really I does he have a I don't even I don't even remember the picture. Do you have a shirt on? Yeah, he has a shirt on, yeah. Um, for some reason, I had it in my head that he didn't have a shirt on. <laughs> but I really thought that, and it may not be that particular picture, but I remember seeing a video or watching something of a man trying to get out of the attic and like kind of slipping but still hanging on. But he quickly comes down and he's like, I had wire wrapped around my neck. I don't know so, if y'all remember that. Or, I know I've seen that before. Now, supposedly, like they they because they had to go up and get him because uh, he was pretty much he he went unconscious. Maybe uh, that's what it was. He got pulled back into the attic. I don't remember. I don't remember. But it was just him and all of his all the other people had stayed down because it was like just a single you know like one of those attic doors. You just push it up and you climb up the little square. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So sharing this oh, picture, yeah, no, he he is not getting choked out, but that's why most of the pictures are they're not showing you that bottom part. But mm. when you find those couple that show, it's like he's standing on a freaking beam. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder too. So I I hate I hate it when I don't believe these things <laughs> but yeah but it makes it interesting you know yeah. but I, I wonder if there was activity and she saw an apparition and saw a pencil get thrown like normal haunting stuff right mm -hmm. but then 
talking to her buddies, photography buddies. It's like, hey, we can cash in on this. We can do something more with this. So let's let's ramp it up. You know what what sells? Violet sells. You know all of this stuff. So let's let's do these things. And maybe the dream was legitimate. So that's where Billy Taft's investigation could have still been legitimate. And it's like, oh, there was a dude that was murdered here. And then after he starts, you know, they play off of that. Was the now I hope I don't have it out of order, but was this whole hanging thing after Billy Taft was involved and looking yes. into all of this? Yeah. So I that And see, he brought them on. They were part of his crew. That's the thing. Well, and that that could be we see that kind of shady shit happen all the time. Like, hey, mm -hmm. old Dr. Billy's gonna be straight up. He's boring, he, you know, but start telling these stories. Start basing things off of what we find. Then I'm going to come back to you 10 years later. We're going to make some money on this. And people are going to say we're legit because we're associated with Taft. They're going to think you're legit because you actually live there. Starting to make <laughs> sense, Shane. Starting to make sense. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I want to believe that she had some kind of hauntings going on in the beginning for sure. Something brought these people around, so mm -hmm. something had to be going on. What do y'all think about like the blood or the plasma? She was murdering people and sticking them in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. Was that found after all the people were involved? Yeah. Well, it was ha supposedly happening before. Uh, even Susan, her friend, said she saw it. Uh, and it happened while they were there, and Taft took the sample. They even looked to see. Now, they're looking at the wall, and they, they just see it start seeping through. And Taft took the sample, and they, he supervised. They went and looked for a source of it. Because, like anything, if something's going to seep through sheetrock or plaster, it's really got to soak through. Yeah. So there's got to be a lot behind it. And that's when they found the plasma. And I just don't really see you robbing a plasma bank, you know, to get like 50 or 60 gallons worth of plasma. <laughs> right. That, that could have been one of the real things because that's, that's been reported numerous times, right? Yeah. Now, I always thought there'd be another explanation. You know, there's some something growing in the walls and it oozed out mm. or whatever the case is. But if he actually had it tested, that that's weird. Yeah. Or he had a connection to an actual doctor and was able to get somebody, get him to steal some plasma. Yeah, but that's a lot of plasma, though. Is and then you have to... Huh? How much did they take a sample of? Uh, not a lot, but I mean, for it to go bleed through sheetrock. Here's my thing. It'd be pretty easy to set up some kind of something to kind of, I don't know, spritz the wall <laughs> with <laughs> with plasma. <laughs> I don't know what fucking blood plasma looks like, but <laughs> it's it's kind of clear. But the thing is, like, also, it's very. It's not easy to get, you know, because you got to separate it from the blood. And right. I've, you know, I've donated plasma before, and it's a weird thing because, you know, they, they stick the needle in your arm, they run it to a machine. And essentially, what happened, and it is a weird feeling, by the way. Um, because what happens is they pull the blood out in increments. So they'll take like a pint of blood, all right? But they'll take like small doses of it first, like small bits. Run it through the machine, extract the plasma, and then push the blood back into your vein. It is it is very metal is weird. It is weird. <laughs> because it's it really sends like a cold chill through your vein and it you feel it like pushing it back through your vein. So yeah, that's, pretty, that's pretty weird. Yeah, kind of scary too. Like, what happens if air gets in there? But, <laughs> but I think the machine doesn't work if air's in it. So, yeah, I'd imagine not. But yeah, I don't know. I want to believe Taff, but I'm slick, kind of finding it harder to believe him. 
just because too much weird, like his crew being with him or him, that being his crew with the guy hanging in the attic. And then I don't know him testing the blood plasma. Like, I don't know if there, maybe there was another doctor in there that could have tested it. Maybe I'd believe him more. I don't know. Uh, you never know. You never know. It could be a whole real really thing. Hmm? And we're just assholes and don't want to believe it. <laughs> you know, it'd be cool. Uh, I don't know if the show's still out, but I know you guys have heard of Mythbusters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a paranormal version of that. Just don't say that on here. Someone might steal oh. the idea. We'll talk <laughs> about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but but to test that, you know, like how how can we fake this plasma coming out of a wall and hide that it has an actual source and then maybe even have tests done. Like Josh said, maybe you could just spritz a little on there and would the test pick up, even though most of what's on the wall is dandruff shampoo, but it was spritzed with this plasma. Would that pick it up in a, a test? Mm. Well, there you go. I'd watch it. Yeah. There we go. Watch it. There we go. Now, Josh, delete that section. <laughs> Save it for later. Yeah. Shane came up with a good idea. It would put us above everybody else. <laughs> we don't need Zach Baggins to take yeah. it. All right. And what's 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 crazy, too, and, and I think what would help a show like that would be that we all believe in this shit. And it's like, yeah. you know, we're not we're not non-believers, you know. Right. Shut the non-believers. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's I think it's beneficial to approach something like this with the air uh, of skeptic uh, skepticism. You know, yeah. You know, because if we if you look at the picture and you don't do the dive like Shane diving in to see that it looks like he's standing on a beam. And I have seen that picture, you know, I just, I leave it out because, you know, I, I want to see what y'all come up with too, you know, cause I like that idea of us also do it going together, uh, digging deep into it. No. But yeah. Um, and there's always been thoughts of like the New York or not the I keep saying the New York Times, the LA Times, when you read their article on it, um they pretty much let me see if I can't bring it up. Hang on. Um so the LA Times, if I go there and kiddie, kiddie, kiddie. No, I don't want to sign up for Essential California. I don't live there. Uh <clears throat> Anyways, eventually through here, she says, like, uh, the babysitter was Christina, whatever. That's why I didn't uh, bring it up because I can't pronounce her last name. We don't need that again. But anyways, I was trying to find it to show y'all, but I can't find oh. it. So just to further verify, when was that article published? Oh, uh, this article was published in 1993. Oh, so. In Mar on March 23rd, 1993. Building so, up to her movie release. <laughs> well, they mention in here um, that it seemed like a typical like um, horror film type deal. You mm -hmm. know, where um, was it? I was trying to find the actual quote from this article. So yeah, I can't find it, of course now. But yeah, they pretty much said like, oh, it's reminiscent of certain movies and stuff like that so yeah and of course if you think about it you know around that time amityville was a big horror film uh there were several poltergeists i think came out what 89 around that same time 87 maybe yeah. or 83 let's see 82 poltergeist 3 came out in 1988 well i know where i stand so <laughs> Yeah, I think I do too. <laughs> Tommy's like, I don't want to hear it. Did you guys know? Did you guys know that there's a new episode of Salad Fingers out? Did I tell y'all that? Yeah, it's episode thirteen. Y'all should watch it. <laughs> I'll have to pull that up. Right. Yeah, I love Salad Fingers, man. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just 
it's it's so off-putting that it's just (laughs) (laughs) y'all ready to do some final thoughts yeah Mm -hmm. i guess we'll go with flip a coin flip a coin who has has coins oh wait i have coins i do have (laughs) this really cool like demon one that says like yes on one side and no on one side oh yeah yeah. flip that who gets what all right, Josh is yes. Yep. That's no. Okay. All right, Shane goes first. <laughs> that was yes. a weak flip, though. I'm like, this is a heavy coin. <laughs> <laughs> he just picks it up, turns it around, puts it back down. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So since there was so much to unpack here, th- this is where I almost think sometimes too much is detrimental to these types of stories and cases because... If you would have left out some of the stuff, you know, I think it would have been more believable. But right at the end, I mean, wasn't there something about like a, like a bed launching in there or catching on fire? I mean, there was something something weird. No, like it that. was like um, stuffed animals. Her kids' stuffed animals were like levitating and then being like ripped apart in front uh, of them. Right, like it it got to such a crazy level, and then that's where I, I read that. Her, Samantha's bedspread burst into flames at one point. Um, so that's where I got that. So even that, so it burst into flames and teddy bears getting ripped apart mm. in the air. But it was a murder victim ghost who started by throwing a pencil. I mean, it, it's just it's just nuts. Uh, and I I'm not saying this was for a payday, right? Like I don't think that Jackie went into it for that. I think she was in a stressful situation and because of her emotional state and being pregnant, that probably did something to the psyche to open her up to the initial experiences. Uh, Seeing that study that so many pregnant women, women experience this, there's probably something because of that. I mean, you have two lives in one, maybe that makes you a conduit for Mm. spiritual activity, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think the dream happened. I think the pencil was thrown. I think she saw an apparition. I don't think homeboy was hung by one foot of wire where he could still reach the wire with his hands and stand on a beam. I don't think they horror movie-esque went into the attic just flashing a flashlight when you were part of a ghost hunting crew. Yeah, you're, that's all you had on you? You didn't have a flashlight? I, I don't think the walls bled. I don't. I don't think any of this other shit was legit. Uh, I think Billy Taft, Doctor Taft, did go in and did have these Ouija board experiences. So, I, I, let's say if this was a sandwich, I would just believe in the bread. I believe the beginning of it. None of that garbage ass bologna and American cheese in the middle of it. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> You keep Bologna's that plastic. Delicious. You keep that plastic garbage. I like baloney. I like, my, I like but, my plastic garbage. <laughs> That's why you got to buy the real American cheese, not the craft singles. Uh, <laughs> oh man, sharp cheddar all the way. Hey, I like smokehouse. I won't, I won't disagree. I won't disagree. <laughs> I like Gouda. Gouda's good. Oh yeah, Gouda. And Munster, I think you turned me yeah. on the, the Munster yeah. cheese. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. If you do it like the grilled cheese, I I do Gouda, Munster, uh, Munster and um, Smokehouse Cheddar. And grilled cheese it all, all up. Man, that's why you broke, man. That's like $18 a cheese in one sandwich. <laughs> man. <laughs> yes, well, I get, the, I, I, get the, I get the I get the store brand. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But anyways, we're not talking about cheese. <laughs> I guess that's my fault. I started to be like Merle. <laughs> my my sandwich analogy. So then, you know, I believe the beginning stuff, and then the stuff at the end, I like the Ouija board and things like that. Um, so it's it's weird. Like, yeah, I think there's a spirit. I think he was murdered. I think he interacted with Jackie. I think he interacted with uh, Taff. I do not think he ripped up teddy bears and lit beds on fire and made the walls bleed. It just didn't seem on brand. Also, don't think he followed Jackie and popped out of a TV later. Uh, I, I think this was this was milked in some sort of way. Um, mm. 
the only thing that I am scratching my head on is where is the house? Um, because if it was a money thing, I think Jackie would have banked on that instead of taking off. She would have sublet it. She would have done something and stayed attached to the house. Uh, but for there to be no address or anything, maybe it was legit enough for uh, someone to buy it uh, through Taft since he had legitimate uh, background. Maybe he had somebody, some connection that actually bought it and uh, disguised it, you know, hid the address and they do research studies there. I, I don't know, but I, I wish we knew where the house was. I think that would make it a lot easier to either believe or disbelieve the entire story. Right. Uh, that was a long final thought, but that's, there was a long, <laughs> it was a long list of things that happened here. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I told y'all it was going to be wild. Well, <laughs> long. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I realize I can't say it any different than you did, and I agree with like ninety nine percent of what you said, Shane. Um, I do believe a hundred percent that at the beginning she had something going on; something was happening in her house. Um, I think along the way she did let all those other people get in her head about making money. And eventually it come true. She started making money off of it, whether it be in her own documentary or whatever, she made money from it. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't say it any better than Shane did. I believe something happened to her. Um, not so much the ending where she saw the TV flicker. She might've seen the TV flicker, but she didn't see the ghost in it. Um, I, I really believe she saw that she had the dreams. Because she found the person, right? They found the person's whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to ramble on because I I, I I can say everything that Shane said, and that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I believe kind of like y'all, like some stuff is just too fishy, mm -hmm. you know? Um, that baloney is pretty fishy. Yeah, well, you know, they didn't even use the good kind. They got the store bought. But, uh, <laughs> but not like he, talking about like um, Jeff getting hung. You know, some reports suggest that the wire going around his neck was hung up by a nail in the ceiling. And it was like they had to bend it to get the wire off. Um, so, like, that that just sat weird with me. And, of course, seeing the picture, like, even if you look in the picture, and, and he's not on where it's cut off his bottom, bottom part of him, it does look like he's holding on to the beam. Now, some people suggest that that is because he's trying to keep from being pulled up. But if he's supposedly unconscious, I don't see that happening. Um, and there's just a lot to it that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, um, yeah, just real quick before you finish your thought on that, just that one particular situation. What I saw was the man met the other crew coming out of the out of the attic door mm. and had the wire around his neck. He was conscious and trying to get out. Yeah, not like what you're not what we saw here. So it was yeah, two situations. Yeah. Um. And 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 that could be somebody. I don't want to say faking that. I don't know when that happened or anything like that. But I mean, it does raise the the idea if you hear about the say San Pedro haunting, you see that maybe you try to reenact that. I don't know. Yeah, and that may have been what was happening. I, yeah. I knew I knew they those two things were connected. The guy mm. with the wire around his neck. Yeah. You know, and, my brain doesn't it doesn't remember things properly anymore. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, like I said, it, a lot of stuff does smell fishy about it. I, I do know that and we we all know like hauntings do tend to ramp up as time goes on sometimes. Yeah. Um and if this is a vengeful spirit, I don't see him attacking Jackie. Or being angry at her or doing anything 
malevolent towards her. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with uh, pretty much what y'all said. You know, like I feel like I can't say exactly what's what's real and what's not. Um, just that some things are just a little too far-fetched for me to believe. I guess if uh, that's all our final thoughts and all that good stuff. And y'all liked what y'all heard tonight. If you enjoyed the me not being able to say telepathy. <laughs> telepathy. Because it's, well, it's, huh? I said telepathy. Telepathy, whatever. Telepathy, <laughs> telepathy, whatever. Anyways, yeah. I'm stupid. So if y'all enjoyed it and y'all enjoy our content, please give us a like, share, subscribe, and uh, all that good stuff. And it really helps us out. And we love bringing this fun entertainment to you. Um, check out our merch store on Etsy, Paranormal Minds. Um, check out our social medias. Check out our YouTube. You know, we got some awesome videos of us doing paranormal investigation. And we don't fake anything. I'm being dead serious. We really don't, guys. So, <clears throat> and um, you all right over there? Yeah, I'm trying to put my nose ring back in. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't want to go. Anyways, so that being said, as always, tell us what you think. Mm -hmm.